Welcome to Cloudy with a Chance of Trust, a podcast for digital transformation leaders where we discuss the latest cyber attack issues, enterprise security strategies, and current security events so that you can successfully accelerate network and security transformation. And now here's what's on our mind this week. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Cloudy with a Chance of Trust, a podcast for technology leaders with listeners in over 50 countries in the world. I'm your host, Pam Kubiatowski. And I am so happy to welcome back Stacy Hughes again, the CISO over at Voya Financial. If those of you actually caught our last episode, Stacy joined me talking about some of the SEC new guidelines coming out effective in December, talked about what makes the fintech industry unique, talking about some of her perspectives and how Voya actually secures and protects not only their customers, but their actual employees. And Stacy, welcome back. To another episode. I'm so glad you were able to come back and join us. Thank you. Always happy to be here. So where we left off, we kind of teased everybody because you actually started to talk a little bit about how you actually see cybersecurity awareness and training for VOIA employees. And it was interesting too, because we also touched on, and for those of you who didn't get the first episode, please go back and listen to the first episode with Stacy. She had some great insights. Also, she had done a fireside chat with her CEO, Heather Lavalli, and had some great perspectives on securing, you know, not only your customers, but your employees, because your employees are ultimately your customers in most instances. And so can you talk a little bit, Stacey, about how actually Avoya you do that? How do you go ahead and help train your employees who aren't cyber experts And how do you keep them abreast of fast-paced developments in your organization? We have at Voya, like most organizations, our cybersecurity awareness training program that we have. And so we have required courses that everybody has to take throughout the year. But we also do other things besides just their traditional go through, watch a video, take a test. We have monthly meetings where we have different topics from cybersecurity perspectives, and we either have outside professionals come in and talk, or we have our own teams come and do an exercise and show some of the tactics that are going on within the industry. For example, we were talking about MFA bombing and looking at what that would look like to an employee or anybody if you were receiving you know, multiple notifications, for example. We also look at and hear about, you know, artificial intelligence and other areas that are coming and evolving in the technology space. That's from our employee perspective. We also have, you know, within the cybersecurity team, individualized training for everybody. They come with what they would like to do for their training, either going to conferences, taking online courses to be able to help each one of the cybersecurity team members continue to sharpen the saw, as I like to call it, with new and evolving technologies and tactics and procedures to continue to secure, you know, what we're doing here at Voya. And then I also look as well between our business leaders as well and our chief technology officers. And one of the things that we do is we have what's called a cybersecurity steering committee. And that meets every other month throughout the year. And we use that for a couple of different areas. One, we provide education topics as well. For example, if we're looking to buy a new tool 
or change tools or something like that to continue to either mitigate risk. You know, there's new and evolving trends out there. We utilize that forum as a way to educate our leaders on the why behind things, because it's so important, in my opinion, to not just go look at the next sometimes shiny thing out there, but the why behind we potentially need a different type of tool depending on the changing threat landscape. And we always talk about the threat landscape as well, too. I think it's very important for our leaders to hear, you know, what we're hearing and seeing out there as well, because there's a lot of news every single day on this cybersecurity front that every organization has to look at on how it impacts them or not. So those are a few things that we do at Boya. Well, it seems like a very comprehensive approach to making sure education is out there for all levels, which is wonderful. And so we're going to take a little shift here because you speak and write about mentorship, diversity, exclusion, and inclusion quite often. Can you talk a little bit about why it's important part of your mission for you personally? Yes, Pam. A a few reasons why is that I had a number of people throughout my career as I was going up through leadership and moving into cyber and being supported by cyber help support me, provide guidance, be the cheerleader behind the scenes. I think everybody does have somebody, more than one person that helps throughout your career to mentor, to sponsor, and to support. And I feel like it's my chance now to give back to the community. And I also want to do that in in multiple different ways, whether it's my own team at Voya, others just starting to enter the profession or even others throughout their career, just being able to be that sounding board, providing advice, providing opportunities, because there's so many other opportunities in cyber. It's not just a SOC analyst. It's not just Mm -hmm. a security technology engineer. There's so many different aspects of it that I think really makes it so exciting. And being able to share some of those outside perspectives, hearing what someone is really passionate about and being able to help guide and mentor them, that's something that just continues to feed my soul as well, too, and just wanting to be a good servant leader and and giving back. That's wonderful. There does seem, though, because again, conversations that I'll have with others, there does seem to be a lack of mentors. Do you think there is a lack of mentors? And do you think that also contributes to some of the general talent shortages we hear about? As security leaders, there really is so many hours in the day. However, we need to make sure we're taking time, even if it's an hour to a month, and helping mentor various groups. I think that's really important. I don't know if every CISO has the opportunity, every security leader has or takes the opportunity to either mentor one person. There's a number of different mentorship opportunities out there within Mm -hmm. either organizations or professional organizations out there as well. I do think that hurts a little bit the next generation of cybersecurity professionals just being able to have sometimes that one-on-one mentor-mentee relationship in certain aspects, because I do think having that helps the individuals that are being the mentees mm-hmm. getting a bigger aspect in different avenues within cybersecurity. Every security professional has so many hours in the day, and it's a challenge to be able to continue to give back to every mentee who would like a mentor. Mm-hmm. However, as security leaders, and I'm very 
passionate about this, as you just heard a minute ago, Pam, that we need to take the time Mm -hmm. to be a mentor to many mentees because having that opportunity provides them context and other opportunities and helping them get a foot in the door potentially and being that cheerleader behind the scenes. I do think those that don't have a mentee at times are a little bit of at a disadvantage because the mentor is able to provide other contexts and experiences and thoughts. And I hope everybody does that doesn't have a mentor that they have the opportunity to have access to one. I do think continuing to build that into everybody's programs will continue with the talent shortage and getting more professionals excited about joining cybersecurity. I, I think you, you kind of touched on a point that's really important. I think with the shortage of hours in a day for, <laughs> yes. for many of you, I think sometimes it's hard just to stop, take a breath and focus on something that isn't part of the running of the business per se. We have to remember that's just as important because these mentees are the future. Yes. Right? So Stacy, you know, you recently had a LinkedIn post that mentioned that women only make up about 11% or so of the global cybersecurity workforce. But you personally think that the industry is worse off as a result of that? And what do women bring to the table that's widely lacking today that we don't have that you think? I personally think it's great when we have more women in cybersecurity and always looking forward to seeing those numbers continue to rise. I think they are continuing to rise higher, and which is really exciting, even female CISOs, which is great. At times, I think women are a little bit hesitant to join cybersecurity, especially at a CISO level. We've talked about some of the stress before and not enough hours in the day. But there's so many different advantages to having such a diverse perspective. We think we look and have different experiences, you know, different than others, different backgrounds. And I think, you know, that always is really great for when you're looking to solve a challenging problem, bring a team together. You know, everybody has different strengths and weaknesses and having that diverse perspective is really something that can solidify a team. I think at times, you know, women also too, and I've been this way as well, is that just being able to make sure you have that work-life balance. And I'm a wife, I'm a mom, and there have been times that I have not had the opportunity to be with my daughter as much as I would have liked to when she was younger, because I did pick work at times over spending time with her, depending on the circumstance and the situation. However, I've taken a step back and looked at that and really up to the the quality of time you get to spend, you know, with those you love is what's really important. And now when my daughter wants to spend time with me, and even then, you know, I make sure I take the time to have those moments with her and be able to spend that time with her. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we struggle with that as caregivers in general. I think that's really important. Someone told me a number of years ago, it's not about the quantity, it's about the quality. Yes. And I think that is really an important life lesson for me that I try to reflect in all aspects of my life. It doesn't matter how long I'm on this earth. If the quality isn't there, then what does the quantity actually mean? That's correct. 
Right? I agree. How were you able to overcome some of those sorts of things in, you, in your career journey? You, you mentioned the fact that you realized you maybe weren't there for something with your daughter or something. How are you able to, and, and what's your thought process that you're able to overcome that? Well, a couple of aspects is having the foreshadowing to talk to my daughter about the why. And also when she gets to sit back and see that mom's doing great things, Mm -hmm. that makes her happy. And she gets to see it wanting to be a role model for not just her, but for other young women or women Mm -hmm. in general throughout their career. That makes me feel good when she looks at what I've done and I can tell that she's really proud about the things that that I've accomplished and also struggles too. She sees that as well at times and it helps think her as well as others that you're able to share those experiences with, be able to be very resilient and handle anything that life throws at you. And I think that's very critical on how how you balance those things. It also provides a little bit about not having, I would say, imposter syndrome or, you know, not thinking you're good enough to do something and being able to overcome any doubts that you might have in yourself. Because I do think sometimes we all have that little person on your shoulder that's going to say, what if you fail? You know, well, what if you don't fail? And I think those are things that, you know, just continue to help really kind of provide guidance and have others see you know, that you can be amazing at what you want to do. I also found through the years that actually building up that support group, right? Those peers at work and those relationships, just to go out and have lunch together, get to know each other so that you do have someone else to rely on that can cover your back when it is the point that you need to be at something, right? For that quality. Yes, I agree, Pam. And I I have had that as well, too. There's been so many over my career that have supported Mm -hmm. or backed it. Funny story. Years ago, I had in my performance objectives that I needed to leave on time and pick up my daughter from Mm -hmm. school because that was something now I failed at it. But also if there was something that I needed to do to be at a school event or somebody was under the weather, would I drop everything and go do that? Yes. But, you know, every day (laughs) being able to leave at a certain time at times is hard in the field that we're in. But I think that's just an example of something of trying to make sure, you know, your support group has your back and instilling, you know, what you're doing Mm -hmm. going forward. And and I have that, you know, even to this day Mm -hmm. with peers and teams, I've had that throughout my career. And, And to me, I would agree with you, Pam, that's some of the biggest support and blessings that you can have is just great colleagues, peers that you can meet with or bounce an idea off or something like mm-hmm. that or to kind of help cover and for you so you can't have that time. Yeah. And I think that ties right into the fact of being able to take these things because let's face it, we've been in our career, we've achieved things, we've sacrificed things. You know, when you look back and you're like, oh, I should have done that differently. Oh, I wish I would have done it this way. You're always going to have those things, right? And I think that's what is so wonderful when we talk about the mentoring, you know, the mentorship programs that you're able to help as a mentor. You know, I always talk about in my role currently at Zscaler, hey, learn from some of the lessons we had, right? My (laughs) former role, the good and the bad. There are always good and bad lessons in everything. But when you look at some of the mentorship programs or inclusion efforts that you talk about and that you are part of, could you talk a little bit about 
what was particularly effective or promising? And from organizations, what should we be basically doubling down on doing for these different programs? The areas that I would say are successful is having someone to provide some guidance on with anybody that's either newly entering cybersecurity or maybe been in a different industry and wanting to get into cybersecurity finding out what they're passionate about, finding out what their strengths are, and helping guide them. That is critical. Also helping open doors and networking. There may be a job at a company that a mentee is looking for, and a mentor may have a relationship there. And being able to provide those additional references and resources are really two critical things. And I think the three is just the lifelong companionship and and being able to be there because you can get into a situation where you need to communicate something or a presentation or a Mm -hmm. difficult situation. And also being able to have somebody that you can bounce that off of or even rehearse a crucial conversation or presentation is very positive because feedback is always good. Feedback is a gift. And that is just something that I think you can take away from both mentor and mentee relationships. And I've even been the mentor. I've been the mentee before. And just in both areas, I always get so much in return. You're able to take things back Mm -hmm. even as a mentor. You know, Stacey, it's funny because I had to catch myself at different times in my career. And you've tapped into this a couple of times about the fact that there's only so many hours in a day. It was easier for me just to present something because I could be very pointed, very direct, blah, 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 blah. Yes. And I got my message out. And sometimes I think that's where I had to stop, take a breath and let somebody else do it, right? So that they could learn, that they could have that experience to understand, hey, did this work? Did this not work? Did I get the message across? Did I not? Did I talk a little too much? Did I ramble? Those sorts of things, and to your point, be able to give that feedback real time is so, so important. But that takes us stopping, taking a breath, and not just running and forgetting we need to do those things, right? That is correct. Can you just mention a couple of the programs that you find very beneficial? No, more than happy to, Pam. One of the areas I've done mentorship before is diversity. They have a couple of times a year, they have requests for mentors and they'll assign you a mentee and it's a six month relationship. And Elena specifically, there's City of Refugee. They have an innovation hub, which they go and provide upskilling programs and provide students a cybersecurity background. You get four certifications as part of that program. Oh, wow. And then they look to place that cohort out within the workforce. Mm-hmm. And I've had the opportunity to speak there and it's a very amazing group of students that are there in that program. It's just very inspiring. Also in Atlanta, the Women in Technology, there is a single mothers program where that is sponsored and single mothers apply to be in this program. Same thing, they go through a six-month training program to get cybersecurity skills and then look to place them within the Atlanta area as well too. And there's also other programs I've been involved with, uh, specifically in Georgia, the Columbus State University 
the Nexus Cybersecurity Program. It's a one-year program that has apprenticeships and then also being able to, you know, place those students within the workforce. And that's in addition to all of the great universities around Georgia as well, too, that have uh, cyber programs. But I've been involved in those and it's just been very rewarding to get to see the students come with various different backgrounds. We talk about diversity and thinking and helping to fight the good fight as cyber professionals. Mm -hmm. And all of that just really helps. And they tie that in their life experiences with what they're doing with the cyber. And it's amazing the thought processes and projects and everything Mm -hmm. that anybody does out of coming out of these programs. It's just amazing. And so it's really important to think about the fact that it's not just about a mentoring program at your current company. It's really important to expand out and look at the opportunities that can be presented to a mentee just starting out their career. How wonderful to be able to reach out to one of these independent programs and be able to help someone else see what their potential future could be that maybe it didn't start out the best way and that their daily struggles are very different than potentially our daily struggles. So what a wonderful thing these various programs that you've mentioned are. Yes, it is. It's amazing. And these are just a few. I know there are many all throughout the United States, and I encourage everybody to get involved in one way or another. Stacy, I thank you so much for all your insights for these two different podcasts you did with me. I'm really honored and I'm privileged to say that you and I have really started to develop a personal relationship in, in yes. the events that we're going to. And it's always wonderful to sit and talk to you and, and hear new things you're doing and new insights that you can provide us. So I really appreciate it. For all you listeners out there, I'm hoping you've enjoyed this conversation, the two conversations with Stacy, as much as I have. And Stacey, thank you so much. Thank you. And for everybody out there, stay tuned to another episode of Cloudy with a Chance of Trust. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Thanks for listening to Cloudy with a Chance of Trust. Check back with your podcast provider regularly for more episodes. Statements by Zscaler podcasters and guests are informational only and should never be construed as legal advice. You should consult with your legal advisor on matters related to you or your business. Zscaler makes no warranties, express, implied, or statutory as to the content of this podcast, and it is provided as is. Content on this podcast may contain forward-looking statements that are current as of the date of recording and subject to change. These statements are subject to the safe harbor provisions created by the Private Securities Litigation Reform Act of 1995. Full legal disclaimers are available at revolutionaries.zscaler.com. Copyright 2022.